Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, podcast from the Indian Institute of Science. Uh, today we are going to be talking to Dr. Vaishnavi Anantanarayanan, who is an EMBL Australia group leader at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. Welcome Dr. Vaishnavi, how are you? Thanks Vivek, I'm well, thanks. Super. Um, if we could just start with a brief introduction um, about your uh, story, your journey uh, that, that's brought you to where you are today. Sure. So I did my PhD at the Max Planck Institute uh, in Dresden. It's called mm-hmm. the Max Planck Institute for Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics. Mm-hmm. But I actually ended up doing biophysics there, which is the first place where I came across cytoskeleton and motor proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finished my PhD in Dresden and moved back to India and set up my lab at the Indian Institute of Science uh, in 2014 as an Inspire faculty fellow at the Center for Biosystem Science and Engineering, where I continue to look at processes that were mediated by the cytoskeleton. So in my lab, we use um, live cell advanced fluorescence microscopy techniques to look at things that are happening inside a living cell Mm -hmm. uh, to try and understand how uh, things work when everything's fine, but also to understand how we can fix things when they go wrong, such as during disease, right? Right. So that is what we started looking at in my lab at the Indian Institute of Science as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So until 2014, I was still an uh, Inspire faculty fellow, but uh, 2017, I uh, transitioned to an assistant professor in the same department at the Indian Institute of Science. Um, and three years down the line, I got this opportunity to take up a EMBL Australia group leader position at UNSW, and I've moved here now. Right. Um, so the big question that my lab, we're going to try and answer in my lab here, is uh, how do stochastic and random processes, which are typically characteristic of the motor proteins that we study, how do these integrate to bring about complex cellular organization? Uh, that is the big question we're trying to answer. Right. And we'll continue to use uh, fluorescence microscopy, advanced imaging, uh, image processing to answer those questions in living cells. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Have you done this a lot? Because that was a really beautifully concise and well-articulated answer. <laughs> uh, I'd say so. In the recent past, I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, just uh, sort of uh, to take you back a little bit and to uh, the introduction, what exactly is an EMBL Australia group leader? Uh, Right. So EMBL actually stands for European Molecular Biology Laboratory. So the original EMBL is actually in Heidelberg in Germany. Uh, And this is, of course, a research organization where they do cutting edge research uh, in biology, uh, in several areas of biology. It's not just molecular biology. Uh, But there is a consortium that they set up here with um, universities in Australia. Uh, where they're trying to uh, attract international talent to come and set up their labs in Australia. They provide you with uh, quite generous funding uh, so that you ask uh, big questions and try and uh, get to the bottom of these uh, really um, puzzling uh, questions that remain in biology. Right, right. And now, I guess, to the crux of the issue, the meat of the podcast, you are the guest editor for uh, Volume 101, Issue 1 of the ISC Journal. Precisely. Uh, how did this come about? Have you done this before? Is this a first for you? Uh, no, this was my my first time editing uh, an entire volume. Right. Um, I was approached by Professor Ananta Suresh uh, quite a while ago now, in fact. So I think in twenty late 2018 or early 2019 is when uh, Suresh got in touch with me. Um, and he, being the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Indian Institute of Science, 
I was trying to understand if uh, I'd be interested in editing uh, this volume. Right. I readily agreed. Uh, and uh, we decided that I would do a volume on cytoskeletal mechanics, which is mm-hmm. what the issue one, volume 101 is. Right. Okay. How you said it, this was quite a while ago when he first approached you. So roughly how long has, uh, by the way, is this uh, volume out? Is this issue out? Already? It is. It is. It is. Okay, it is. great. Yeah. Um, and so how long did it roughly take you uh, to, uh, from the time you were approached till, let's say, right. the final submission came in? So although I had agreed a little while ago, mm-hmm. um, I think I started the process in earnest of contacting uh, potential authors um, in, I'd say, about uh, March last year. Uh, this was right after the pandemic hit and uh, I had a bit of time on my hands to finally put some thought into it. Um, and uh, that's when I started contacting potential uh, authors. I think I sent out invites to about 15 to 16 and out of which I think about 11, uh, 10 have accepted if I'm not wrong. So that's quite a good number, I think. And it was uh, heartening to see that many people were willing to contribute to it. Right. So, yeah, March is when I started. Uh, but for us to get the articles in and get it done, I think it did go up quite right to the wire. I think until oh. December, it took for us. To, I mean, it's understandable, of course, as well, because it's been a hard year for a lot of people. Yes. Although there was more time on our hands, it with, you were also having to look after a bunch of different things that you wouldn't have anticipated otherwise. Yeah. So I think yeah. it made sense. And we yeah. weren't very... Um, we weren't being very strict with the timelines in any case, so it was right. fine. Oh, yeah. great. Oh, super. How did you arrive at the 15 or 16 people that you sort of approached initially? What was your curatorial process like? Like, did you have a vague outline of the issue itself in your head and you thought, you know, these were the components? Or were you yeah. just going to see what came out and then, you know, create the outline? Um, so I think I um, I knew what it was that uh, the volume would primarily deal with, which was mm-hmm. cytoskeletal mechanics, but mm-hmm. it's a broad enough area that you could uh, have it encompass a few different uh, fields along the right. way, right? So, right. Um, having set that boundary for myself, I thought it'd be great to feature more early career researchers right. than people that were more established because, of course, uh, early career researchers need a lot more support and having right. an outlet for their uh, reviews would be a great place to get their work known uh, locally and internationally. So that's why I think if you look at our um, editorial, uh, sorry, the uh, volume, you'd see that yeah. a majority of the articles are by early career researchers who are within um, 10 years of having um, gotten their PhDs. Oh, fantastic. Um uh, but in addition, one important thing that I did pay quite a bit of heed to was making sure that the gender balance was was fine. If you look at um, our the articles that were submitted to uh, are in this particular volume, mm-hmm. um, of the ten corresponding authors uh, in this uh, series, six are women. So, oh, great. that's that's how. Um, yeah, I wanted to make sure that there was adequate representation of women who are doing excellent science in this field. Fantastic. Uh, I also read just as a bit of a digression that you co-founded something called Bias Watch India. Yep, precisely. Um, Yeah, yeah, so this was actually going to be one of my questions later on, but since it's come up, um, can you tell us a little bit about Bias Watch India and how that sort of informed? Sure. Um, Yeah, so... 
Biosports India came about last year, in fact, uh, in June 2020. It's been less than a year since we started that. Uh, so, Shruti Moralidhar, uh, Dr. Shruti Moralidhar, I must say. Mm-hmm. She's a postdoctoral fellow at MIT. Mm-hmm. So, she and I actually co-founded Biosports India June 2020. Um, after we came to the conclusion, the similar conclusion, that okay. uh, there was an adequate representation of women in uh, Indian STEM conferences. So... Right. For the most part, last year, of course, more, uh, conferences were held virtually. And so you'd have a poster, a uh, digital poster for all conferences, right? And so what we did was to go ahead and look at uh, the proportion of women speakers at uh, several of these conferences. And we noticed a similar trend that there was not enough representation. Um, so it would vary from uh, absolutely no women, uh, something you'd call a mammal to um, maybe 50 to 60% uh, in some instances. Mm-hmm. When we looked at the statistics, it's it, it was apparent that it was quite a bit big problem because 38% of all conferences we looked at during a period of June to October last year had no women speakers. Wow. Um, and we looked at some hundred something conferences, right? So that is a large number. Yeah. Uh, but for this number to make sense in context of uh, what the current reality is in terms of women representation in Indian academia, mm-hmm. we needed to get this number called base rate, which we define as the ratio of a uh, number of women faculty members in a specific institution. It could be a field and so or even um, right. according to career stage to the total number of uh, faculty members. So it's essentially right. a ratio of proportion. Ratio. Of, right. Right. Yeah. And if you look at all of Indian science, uh, we've looked at about 50-something institutes in India thus far, and we see that the number is only 11%. Um, yeah. So it's it's rather um, alarming that um, this has been the case, given the fact that we see that there's a steady increase in the proportion of women that finish their PhDs in sciences. Um, and in fact, for biology, it's about 50%. And you still see that even in biology, the base rate is only 20, 23%. Um, so there is a systemic issue here. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're trying to at least bring to light with our initiative, Biosports India. Mm-hmm. And as a part of it, we've been doing a few other things as well, mm-hmm. including funding, uh, providing conference supplements to conferences that feature at least 30% women. Uh, we also are in the process. In fact, today is the last day of our all-women neuroscience meeting called Neurofarm India 2021. Uh, the women, speakers are all women, but we've opened the conference up for women, um, men, and any other gender. Right. Um, and yeah, we are happy with the turnout, but we we had hoped to see more men in the audience. There's only about 20% of the audience that is made up of men. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a long battle. I think we all know it this. is. But with our initiative, it's just about at least uh, bringing to light this issue because yes. I don't think there is a recognition that an issue exists. Um, yeah. um, and so that's the first step for us. Fantastic. Uh, coming back to the uh, to the journal itself, um, is there? I know this is a terrible question to ask an editor, but <laughs> is there a favorite, <laughs> or or a, or maybe a favorites? Oh, no, I I wouldn't say so. The thing is this, right? So if you look at the articles, they span um, centrosome biology, they span um, immunology, all of that, right? And so it's actually super interesting that the same set of machinery that 
does uh, one function in one can do another function in another right and be so important for a bunch of different processes right so that's kind of the philosophy we have in my lab as well so we we don't stick to a specific um process or a specific organism to study the cytoskeleton we mm-hmm. do it across a range of different um, organisms and um looking at different processes as well and right. so this kind of reflects how my interest also is in looking at um several different things that do involve the cytoskeleton so i i didn't right. sh- i i'm sorry i can't pick a favorite no no that's fine that's fine i like i said at the beginning i wasn't really hoping i wasn't really expecting an answer because it is an unfair question um sure. So can you just take us through very quickly the the range of the articles in this issue? Right. So uh like I uh, outlined in my um in my editorial uh, before mm-hmm. the article start. Uh so essentially you have everything from uh wound healing to membrane homeostasis to cell cell interactions, uh immunological synapse. Um we have uh performing toxins that's something from my lab in fact. Uh right. also centrosome biology. um and we also have a soft matter physics view of the cytoskeleton so it is a huge it has a huge breadth of um articles i'm sure that anybody that's interested in one of these fields would find um uh, the respective article quite interesting for them yeah right great and uh, what has the experience generally been like for you because i'm guessing that you have read all the articles <laughs> yeah i had to do that as a matter of and so what was it like for you because this is something you've made you know in yes. a sense and it's very different from a scientific or an academic accomplishment in in some ways um, sure so what was it like i think uh, there was a sense of um i don't i don't think it sunk in until after the entire volume came together as to right. what the whole volume looked like um mm-hmm. it, i had looked at it in in bits and pieces of course article by article but then in its entirety i think the first time i really did take a look at it was when just before it uh, went online and i think i felt quite happy that uh, we were able to accomplish this right. um and i was glad that people had the faith in me to be able to say okay fine i'll write an article for you so it's just i think a bit of relief but a lot of happiness yeah great sounds excellent and uh do you plan to do this a lot more if you have to strike again or was it really uh, distracting from your other work <laughs> i think i'll take a bit of a break from this before i get into it again it's it's a lot of work of course um yeah, yeah. especially if you're the sole editor mm-hmm. um so i think uh one thing that took a lot more time than it should have was just navigating the journal uh online system right so that was right. something that took a bit of time and yeah it's always a learning experience i'm glad i had the experience but i right. think i will take a bit of a break from it before i do it again <laughs> fair enough um and i think we're almost at the end of the questions that i have uh, sort of chalked up uh the last one being where is this available uh, for people to read you can go online to the journal of indian institute of science and in fact on the home page you'll see that this is the uh, current is- uh, current volume that's featured uh, right. this is volume 101 issue 1 of january 2021 um right. and it's called cytoskeletal mechanics and motor proteins uh you'll see it right on the uh landing page of the journal fantastic there you have it folks from the horse's mouth uh do check it out and um 
before we end, is there anything that you would like to add? Any anybody you would like to acknowledge for? Uh, specifically their support or anything like that? Uh, definitely would like to thank uh, Professor Ananta Suresh for the opportunity, of course, uh, mm-hmm. and the journal staff, uh, Kavita and Lilakshi, who really helped. And I quickly wanted to ask you about the cover image because I find oh, it oh, yeah. quite yeah. fascinating. Oh. Right. What is that about? Um, so, yeah, the cover image is from um, Dr. Sendhil Armugam uh, from Monash. Uh, he's a good friend as, as well. Uh, he's got an article in this volume. And in fact, uh, the image is something really cool. Um, so you can take a bottom up approach to science as well, um, where you look at processes that are supposed to be happening inside the cell, but then remove the cell out of the equation. And in this case, what uh, Sendhil has done is to visualize uh, something called FTSZ. These are structures that form filaments um, on bilayer, which are mimicking membranes of the cell. And that's what the image represents. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Vaishnavi, for taking the time. It's been lovely chatting with you. And I wish you the best for both the reception. Uh, how has this been received, considering it's been out three months? Oh, I. so the sad part is this. I haven't been keeping track of it because there's... Oh, no. So I just moved to Australia, by the way. I just moved in November, end of November last year. Oh, I see. I was technically in I, in, in ISC and part of IIC until mid-November last year. Right. And I moved to Australia only after that. And I've been trying to set up my lab, I'd say, because it's a daily struggle. And so mm-hmm. it's been it's been quite hectic. So I haven't had the time to actually see what's been happening with the... I mean, I think on Twitter, for sure, when I did tweet about it, a lot of people did click on it they went through the channels individual authors themselves shared it on twitter and that's about all i know about it at this point i'm not sure from the journal side if they have additional analytics that they could share with me but um, that's about all i know thank you so much um it's been lovely chatting and uh wish you the best with everything that you're doing thanks vivek really nice chatting with you as well